Hello, WeanCast listeners. We're going to take you to the episode in just a second. But first, we wanted to take a minute to tell you about our awesome Patreon page. If you dig our podcast, then you should check us out at patreon.com. There, you'll find tons of exclusive material not found on our regular podcast. Yes, exclusive episodes, bonus tracks, and other especially brown shit. We've got rare tracks straight from legendary taper Fred Moore's own private vault, including a truly bodacious Sorry Charlie, as well as part two of our epic interview with Claude Coleman, drummer of Ween, of course, where he shares such shit as how he came to join the band. Hint, couch surfing at the pod was involved. And a conversation about, and among other things, the pandemic with Tomato 11, band leader of Sound of Urchin and Ween Friend. We're just scratching the surface here. We've also got a vinyl series where we discuss highlights of Shane's swank vinyl ween collection, exclusive episodes covering ween side gigs like the gigantically brown Jimmy Wilson group, as well as articles and pics from our heart to yours. All told, we've got 10 plus hours and growing of materials just for our patrons. We dig doing this podcast and we're glad you're listening, but it just isn't big enough for all the crap we're dishing out. So we needed somewhere else to put all this extra stuff we've got. So check us out at patreon.com slash podcast. See ya! And now, back to the episode. Weencast. A ween podcast with Shane and Rory. What's up? This is Shane. This is Rory. And this is Weencast. And we welcome you. How y'all doing out there? How is everybody? So we're going to go back to doing one of our legacy shows, so to speak. We're going to go back in time, as Huey Lewis once said. Before we do that, we have a couple of uh, shout outs we'd like to make. First and foremost, we had mentioned the beginning of our last episode that the show is now available on iTunes and we are now available on Stitcher. Yeah, check it out. Basically just like a podcast app. So it's just like if you don't get into the whole like podcast on iTunes on your phone, it might be a little bit easier to just do it on Stitcher. You know, I, I don't know. But if you search for Ween, it will come right up. You don't have to scroll through any pages or anything like that. Just do a search for, for Ween. comes right up. So it's awesome. Nice. And also, I got the first uh, Weencast gift. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, totally. I had been messaging with a dude on Facebook, and he had mentioned to me that his father was actually in a band that opened for Ween and was on the, uh, the Twin Tone label at one point, which is the same record label that put out God Ween Satan. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. And he was like, yeah, I'll hook you up. Like, I'll send you one of their uh, albums. And I was like, oh, that's fucking awesome. So the band is called the Coupe de Grace. Coupe, C-O-U-P-D-E, Grace, like a French kind of thing. Coupe de Gras? Yeah, it's like Coupe de Gras, exactly. I, that's what I've been calling it, but it's actually the Coupe de Grace. I'm sure that's kind of like what, you know, they were going for. Wow. <laughs> so it was really cool of him to send me that. It's the, the album that he sent me is called The Art of Survival. I think he said it was their second album. I didn't do a whole lot of research into the band, but I did listen to the CD and it's really cool. It's like an alternative rock with like a little bit of like a metal like edge. So thank you so much. Dude's name is Mike. 
And uh, thank you so much for sending that to me. And if anybody else wants to send us anything, we're accepting of all gifts of any sort. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you very much, Mike. (laughs) So we're going to go back in time tonight. And we're going to talk about the end of the Paint the Town Brown tour. So this is going to be August 28th. We're almost 19 years to the date. 1999, the Electric Factory in Philadelphia. So we're back going to our local shows at the time, which was the Philly shows. Back to Philly and now at a new venue. Back to Philly. They had played the Trocadero previous to this, and now this was sort of their their step up in the world, so to speak, their step up for the for the city of Philadelphia. So they're playing a bigger venue, which is the Electric Factory, a legendary rock club from way back, I guess, in the, the 60s, really, is when, I don't know exactly when the place opened, but it was around, I know, like, I think Hendrix played there, and, you know, that was one of, like, the places during, like, the, uh, I think it was around since the 60s. I don't know, do you know a little bit about it, Rory? I'm not sure exactly when it started, but I know it's been, you know, one of the consistent venues for a long time. Yeah, it's definitely just, like, one of those things, it's like, you just, everyone just knows like the name, like, oh, the Electric Factory. It's just always been, you know, especially at that time, was just always one of like the best like places to go and just a legendary Philadelphia rock club, basically. So this is the first time that they had played there. And it's the last show on the Peyton the Town Brown tour. It was the last show of the summer. And we were there. Yes, indeed. You want to talk about a little bit about getting down there? Yeah, so so first off, there were two cars. I drove, or I was in a car coming from State College, and uh, Shane was in a car coming from the Reading area. So I'll speak to um, to my side of that. So I came, uh, I attended this show with, uh, we drove down with a friend from State College, Leanne and Matt. And so, and that was actually funny re- recalling this because it's like a blast from the past. I, you know, chat and with Leanne from time to time. And, and sometimes when I get up to state college, I managed to run into her, but I don't think I've seen Matt since almost this show. Like probably right <laughs> around 2000 is like the last time that I ever saw Matt. It's almost like that Neil Young song. Yeah. I just don't know where he is. So Matt, if you uh, hear this, then, uh, you know, let us know, <laughs> you know, where you are. I hope you're okay. We actually, it was funny because his, uh, we drove down as like his beat up truck. And it was just three of us sitting across the front seat and his window wouldn't roll up. So I know when we got to the, sh- the venue, he actually removed the ignition from the uh, steering column and like brought it in with him for the show so that no one could steal the car because I remember that as well. Yeah, I guess his I guess his car was just so like shoddy, like you could just like turn the ignition and turn it on or something. And then like the windows yeah. rolled down. Yeah. So I remember that. And we were actually, you and I were chatting about this show ahead of time, and I'll let you speak to who was with you in your car and, and whatnot. I, I don't really remember. We were, we were discussing this a little bit in preparation for the, uh, for the podcast, and one of the things about this show is we played the Electric Factory two years in a row, almost like, I think, to the day, like... Like the summer of '99, which is this show that we're talking about, and then they played again in the summer of 2000. So when I think back on 
these shows in my in my memory, it's hard to like distinguish between the two a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. They kind of blend together like in my memory. Um there's a few things that sort of stick out about this about this show and and this day, but as far as actually like who went, it's a little tough. I know it was at least me in the car, our friend Mike and I think our friends Matt and Mark, but those other two guys I don't. I know at least me and Mike were in the car because I remember like talking to him and some of like the conversations that like he and I had. But as far as the other two guys, I don't really recall. And I'm sorry to do that. And I don't I, like I can't remember like which one of us drove and what car we were driving. So are you telling me that there was two Matts, a Mike and a Mark? Yeah, there's a lot of M's, you know, uh, it's like a Twin Peaks thing or something. I don't know. Allegedly. Yeah. So, yeah, but I do remember the parking lot. So we were in, we were in a lot that was, it's not really that far away. I think you like, it kind of like felt that way at the time. So it's, again, it goes back to, um, you know, we had only been in Philly like a few times at this point in our lives and we're still pretty young. So it's definitely was the case that showing up there was a little disorienting. It's not like we really truly knew exactly where we were in Philly. You know, it's kind of like still in that era of like, these are the directions to get to the venue and you just sort of follow direction and you don't really know what else is going on. Yeah. I mean, I think this might've been one of those deals where there's like the dudes that are like, that have like the flags that are just like, Oh, concert parking like this way. And they're just trying to like direct you to like their parking lot, which is like a block and a half away. Whereas there, there definitely is a parking lot like of the electric factory, like in and around the building. Cause I've parked in it. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think we kind of, we may have gotten a little suckered into like, come down here, park in our lot, you know, like that kind of thing. So it was a little, yeah, it was a little intimidating for us because we were basically just kind of like at their mercy and just like being like very naive kids who had only been to Philadelphia a couple of times before this. And it's just kind of like, okay, well, but it wound up being fine. It did wind up being fine. I mean, but also dude, that's just how it works. Like a guy's got a flag and you pay him and you park like, and then you go right, to the show. Right, right, We were just ignorant, you know, yokels. Yeah. I, I do remember feeling a little bit weary about it, but yeah, just, just because we were so naive and we were walking like to the, uh, to the show from the uh, from the parking lot and right behind where the lot was there was some kind of like garage there was some kind of like guys like working on like cars and stuff and what this is still like the the you know the daylight hours when we when we got there and everything yes. so stuff is like still like going on and i remember mike pointing to the garage and just being like that's the chop shop and i didn't know what I didn't know what that, that terminology, like, well, I didn't know what he meant. I'm like, what does that mean? Chop shop. And he's like, oh, that's where they like pull your car in, just like strip it down for like everything that's worth something. And then just leave like a pile of, of like rubble behind, you know? And I was just like, oh man, you know, (laughs) like I thought he was like being serious. And of course he's just like fucking with me, like as if that's really going to happen. But you know, I'm like, oh, I don't know. You know, <laughs> so, he's very worldly. He knew all of, he knew all about, yeah, you know, the, right. the CD side of Philadelphia. Yeah, right, right, right. But yeah, I do remember the other dude, uh, Matt, taking the, uh, it was like 
was so how big was the ignition? Like I that was the thing I don't remember is like I don't know how big that kind of thing is. It's just like something in your hand, I guess. You know, it's not like super huge. Yeah, yeah. But it's still like a thing. Yeah, right. You know. But yeah, that was that was his like uh that was his method of like, oh, no one's gonna steal my truck if I just take this thing out of here. You know? <laughs> yeah, I wonder if you can even bring those in nowadays. Like this is like pre nine eleven, you know? Right. I mean, like what was the thing that, that he had, the ignition and well, whatever. I mean we know yeah, that he got into the show and no one had any problems with it at the time anyway. It all worked out in the end. Yeah, like a, It all worked out in the end and the car was there when we got out of the venue, so everything was fine. Yeah, and it was there when we got out. But it's like I think we did have to go through a metal detector. So I I, I just I don't remember like what like had happened, but I wonder if they were just like, "Yeah, what is this?" <laughs> and him just being like, "Oh, it's the ignition of my truck." Yeah. You know, like that's the that's sort of the question I want to know. It's like it, whatever happened to that dude, and whatever happened to that truck's ignition, you know. That's yeah. So Matt, if you if anyone knows Matt from State College back in the day, you know, and where he is, and if you can chime in, that would be so awesome. Yeah, Matt, we miss you. I definitely remember him taking that out of the truck. So that was a that was a smart move on on his part. But everything wound up being fine. Yeah, everything was fine, and so. You know, we get into the Electric Factory, and uh, the Electric Factory is a pretty good venue. It's kind of a um, a rectangle with a couple different levels. Is it two or three? Two? I guess the one's a balcony. Yeah, I think it's just two levels. It's such that um, you have good opportunities for views from a lot of different places. And uh, we were pretty far up, a little bit on the left, as I remember it. Uh, and the show, we were thinking it was sold out, but it was definitely full. I, we stayed up near the front for most of it, so I didn't get, like, I don't remember even, like, leaving for the bathroom. So, like, you know, I didn't get a full sense of the crowd because I was near the front. Like, I didn't see the whole crowd behind me. Yeah, the Electric Factory is definitely more of, like, a long and narrow uh, kind of place. Whereas, like, you know, we had been to the shows at the Trocadero, and that's more of kind of like a a wide, you know, not so long kind of place yes but the electric factory is definitely larger yeah the electric factory holds a lot more people and it's very long it's not quite yeah. so wide but it's very it's very long but yeah it was definitely like a good crowd well and the bars at the back yeah the bar is in the back and then there's a balcony also which holds you know a, a decent amount of people so between the regular floor yeah, the last time i was at the electric factory was uh i was up on the balcony for a show yeah totally so definitely a big Definitely a bigger venue than the truck and a good size crowd. I think yeah. it was sold out, but I, I don't know that for sure. But one way or another, it was a good it was a good crowd that night. Yeah, and so um, and Claude's band, Amandla, opened the show. Uh, we hope that we pronounced that correctly. We realized we were like couldn't remember how to pronounce that. But uh, so anyone want to help us out? That's cool. But Claude's band opened, which was cool. Yeah, um, I don't know if I ever saw his band other than that night opening for opening for Ween at the Electro Factory, but I definitely have both of their CDs, and the first one, both of them are good, but the first one, Falling Alone, is very good. So if there's anybody out there who's never heard that CD, check it out. It's Falling Alone by Amandala. Great, great, great band, and uh, a couple of great albums there, totally. I Google searched before we got on tonight, Exactly these words I wrote. How do you pronounce Amandla Claude? And I didn't it didn't give me an answer. <laughs> Claude, get Claude in there, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, so anyway, 
Um, I mean, that takes us up to the show. Do you um, have any other things you want to say before we uh, get on to the set list? No, I do. I do remember. I do remember Claude's band being very cool. It was the first time we had ever like heard them. Yeah, and I oh, do yeah, remember totally. it being absolutely. really cool. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, it was definitely. It was definitely great. Um, and it was a festive beginning to the evening, um, as we'll uh, about to mention, uh, and a little bit later about Claude for the evening and things that make this show special. So, um, yeah, but totally. yeah, so him opening with that band that was definitely way, made the show special, and it was definitely a great way to get things. Started. Yeah, great treat. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you want me to read the uh, set list? Yeah, please do. All right. So, um, here's the set list. So we got um, "Take Me Away," "Don't Get Too Close to My Fantasy," "The Golden Eel," "Spinal Meningitis," "The Grobe," "The Mollusk," "Waving My Dick in the Wind," "Mr. Richard Smoker," "Even If You Don't." Voodoo Lady, What Diener Was Talking About, Piss Up a Rope, The HIV Song, Buckingham Green, Roses Are Free, Mutilated Lips, Nan, Dr. Rock, Fat Lenny, Ocean Man, Bananas and Blow, Pumpin' for the Man, Awesome Sound, Homo Rainbow, Push the Little Daisies, Baby Bitch, Booze Me Up and Get Me High, Stroker Ace going into You Fucked Up, LMLYP, and then the Encore, the Blarney Stone, Buenos Stars Amigo, and Hot for Teacher. Nice. That is a long, that's a long set list. That era of Ween, they played a lot of shows and the shows were fairly long. Yeah, that's a long night of Ween and that was the, you know, that yes. was a, a standard length show at the time, you know. Yeah, it cl- clocks in on YouTube a little over three hours, and I think that includes the set break or most of the set break and and whatnot. And so, so yeah, it's a pretty good, pretty good length for a show, and that's a good amount of songs. So, like, you know, if we want to talk about some highlights, the uh, one of the things that this show it's interesting because it's in Philadelphia, and it's the last show of the tour. So we had seen them previously in Toronto, one of the first shows of the tour. And this mm-hmm. is now, you know, like 25, 28, 30 shows later. And so it's awesome because it's in Philly and it's the last show of the tour. So it's kind of like there's this vibe to it. There's definitely, you can tell there's extra energy. And there's seems like there's always extra energy when it's in Philly and to, to have it be, um, you know, the end of the show, the end of the tour. So they, you know, there was a lot of banter. There was, a, you know, so like there was, sometimes there was longer gaps between songs because there was some sort of more banter going on because they were having fun up there. And so before the show, you know, they mentioned that they'd been touring for six weeks and this is the last show. And then also it's cool because they announced that it's Claude's birthday at midnight. And so that's one of the awesome things about the show that made it special was that, you know, you had Claude opening up with his band and then it's like, wow, it's going to be his birthday at midnight. <laughs> so it was, uh, so yeah, so there was just this great energy to it. And like, and so just starting off, they just had this like cool banter, you know, they opened with Take Me Away, which I don't know if that's, you know, I, I, I know that that's an opener other times, but I don't know how often that's like, if that's a classic opener or not. But one of the things that I remember is that it starts loud. And like a lot of the show is just like blasted out. Like they were just like really high energy. Yeah, totally. And, you know, they mentioned a bunch of times about, you know, it's, it's, it's great to be back. And like, this is the last show of the tour and also that it's Claude's birthday. So you can tell that, you know, like they're relieved and, they're, you know, just like having fun with it. And it's just like, okay, hometown show that, you know, this is the end of the tour. 
you know what I mean? It just has a very kind of like fun, light mood to the whole night, you know? Absolutely. They keep they keep mentioning that it's like, oh, it's going to be Claude's birthday soon. And just like, it's just, you know, just a great, like you said, great banter in between the songs and, and you know, just a great, a great time. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of, uh, a lot of like loud rock in your face in this, uh, in this show. Yeah. They play Don't Get Too Close uh, as the second song, I believe. And I always love it when I, when they play that. I know it's not like a rarity, but I always get jacked up when they play Don't Get Too Close. Yeah, I love that one too. Totally. At the beginning of Golden Eel, not to bring it, you know, the, the, the mood down or anything like that, but there's like a feedback problem. So every time, you know, the, the music is fine, but like every time that Junior goes to um, sing one of the lines, it just does like a loud like, you like that and you can't. You can't hear like the first like couple of words of yeah totally of the of the song like of the of the line and he kind of just like brushes it off at first like oh okay well it'll you know it'll stop after and then it's like after like three or four lines of him going to to you know do the lyrics of the song you can tell he gets like pissed off for a second and I remember I remember that too like I remember him looking like to the side of the stage after it happens for like the fourth time. <laughs> and just yelling like, hey, what the fuck? Like, get that fixed or whatever. Like, you know, and then after that, it, it stops and it doesn't happen again for the rest of the night. But it's just kind of like one of those things of just like, whoa, whoa, like, why is that doing that? You know? Yeah. But they they fixed it and it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> but you can hear it when you listen to the to the recording of 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 this show. Yeah. Oh, and if I was on stage, I bet it would be even more annoying. Yeah. But I do. I do remember him getting like like pissed off there like you know hey like you know fix that you know whatever whatever's causing that fucking fix it you know <laughs> but just a real quick like you know technical difficulty you know didn't yeah, didn't totally. stop the the song you know they didn't stop playing or anything you know like that but those those things happen from time to time voodoo lady has a nice jam and definitely has the talk box which is like the tube we had talked about that in some of our earlier episodes like this night definitely has Diener rocking out on the tube Peter Frampton style yeah he definitely rocks that out and they definitely rocked up they were definitely rock voodoo lady out this is definitely a big jam yeah I mean that's that at the time was for the most part always a good long jam yeah you know I don't think they really jam it out as much anymore as they did back in those days but that you know at the time voodoo lady was was usually a pretty extensive jam out yes but it was just a good rendition i enjoyed it yeah <laughs> i always enjoy yeah i always enjoy Brutally. when they do what diener was talking about Jeter sends that out he says uh this is going out to my new wife sarah which you know not to get into the uh, personal side of of Jeter and diener but i'm i don't think that he's uh married to her anymore um but, but he throws that in there and then they play what diener was talking about which everyone knows and loves it is what it is so be it yeah. <laughs> but yeah the um roses are free is kind of uh we were talking about this before the show and ends up being kind of a bit of a focal point for the show do you want to do um kind of say a little bit about that and i'll chime in well sure so you know we we, we talked about this in some of our our earlier episodes as well Everyone knows that that fish has covered roses are free, and it was sort of before 
Ween could really make like a live version of it. You know, it happened in the the mid '90s, and you know, I'm sure that they just liked the song and and you know started playing it in their uh, heavy rotation, but you know, their regular live rotation, whatever, whatever. You know, yeah, they they played it a few times. Fish played it a few times, like six, seven times or so in '97 and '98, I believe that kind of era, and '99 and like. For the first time in December of 97, let the record show. Okay, 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 yeah, so it was two years before, before the, the, you know, this tour that we're, that we're talking about. So, basically, this is the first tour where Ween had really sort of, like, started bringing it out, and for this night, it's kind of funny because Giner says, this one goes out to John Fishman, who's in the house tonight, and John Fishman is the fish drummer. So it's like, whoa, you know, like Fishman's in the house tonight, you know? <laughs> so they're about to play Roses Are Free. And then Diener chimes in and he's yeah. just like, Fish has played it, means we have to play it. <laughs> so it's a little bit of, you know, like, oh, is there some animosity there? You know? You know, it's funny because I had alluded to it, you know, we mentioned it before in a couple podcasts, but um, but I always had that little like bit of like, you know, sort of angst with like man people think it's a fish song you know and it's interesting because i didn't realize any of this i i you know learning you know doing a little bit of research before talking tonight you know i kind of just discovered all this and i didn't realize that there actually was like a story behind it i hadn't really made the john fishman connection when we were actually at the show to to be honest because i've never been a you know big fish person and back then i just didn't even know like even their names. I just knew they were fish. And so then, you know, it's interesting because one of the things that I noticed when we were, when I was looking at, at some of the things for the show is that they played this show in Toronto. And one of the things that I commented during the Toronto podcast is that that was the seventh time that was ever played. Yeah. So that was really early. And I was thinking, I remember my comment during that podcast was that was, that's, I, I can't believe a song that's played so often from chocolate and cheese here we are in 99 and it's only the seventh time it's ever been played i said made that comment and so right and by the time we get to philadelphia it's the 32nd time it's been played so they're basically playing every show or almost every show on this tour yeah like i haven't actually gone looked at every tour every show's uh set list. well it it, it it must have been because you know if that was only the seventh time you know, I mean, you'd have to count up how many shows yeah. happened in between. Well, that's these a lot, because they mean, had a lot of shows. Yeah, it must have been, you know, or maybe there was one or two nights where they didn't play it. But, I mean, I would assume that they played it every night of that tour. If it's up to that many at, at, at this point, then, you know. Yeah, and, and so I discovered that, and this is from a, an excellent uh, discussion of the history of Roses Are Free on the Fish.net website. But I discovered that earlier in this tour at in uh, seattle that gina apparently they, they introduce it by saying that uh they're trying to take it back from fish and so i didn't even realize <laughs> that and now and then they played all these times and then to have them sort of mention that john fishman's there like that's kind of it's interesting i didn't know i didn't realize all of that drama was happening and whatever was going on there and so i i, yeah. I, I think i want to say that like that people have sort of made amends and, you know, so it's not like a thing, but it's just interesting that at the time there was this little uh, tiff about, 
about uh, Roses Are Free. And and I didn't, you know, because to be honest, everyone out there, like, it's kind of, to me, I always felt like, man, it's kind of the overplayed, you know, song. And and I like the song. I don't have any, I, I, I love it. But just to say that it's kind of played a lot and sort of like a lot of times when I hear it, I'm kind of like, ah, can we hear something else now? You know, at a live show and like, and I'll even comment when it's like, oh, this show didn't have Roses Are Free. You know, like it's almost a big deal when the show doesn't have Roses Are Free now. And so I, I, I'm on the record for that. But nevertheless, I didn't realize, you know, it's interesting that all of this plays into the entire history of that song. Right, right, right. One other thing about that, and we'll get to this sort of at the end too, but towards the end of the show, um, the Reverend B. Ill, Bill Fowler, comes out to play guitar. And I do remember, I think it might have been Mike pointing this out to me that night. If it wasn't that, then I, I definitely remember hearing about it and reading about it like afterwards. But he had like a piece of tape on his guitar when he came out and written on it like in like black marker was <laughs> fuck fish with a PH fuck. That's clever. And I think it was I think it was Mike who like saw it and like said like, oh, it's his fuck fish on his guitar. Uh, but from what I remember from either us noticing it or, like I said, I, I definitely like reading about it like after the, the show, that definitely happened. <laughs> so I don't know if that was just one, like, one of those things of like, oh, well, if you guys are going to be, you know, polite about it, I'll be the one who's just going to be like a blatant like asshole about it. <laughs> like, you, know, you know? Yeah, I don't know the full ins and outs of that, but it's funny. That's kind of what I would assume is like... You know, like, B. Ill is just like, oh, I'll just tell him to go fuck himself while he's here tonight, you know? <laughs> Dude, you, you you bring a show back to Philly for the, the final night of the tour, and shit's gonna go down. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so that was notable. Um, uh, Bananas and Blow has this great extended intro. Um, it's almost like the salsa dance or something, you know? It's, like, really cool. Glenn sounds great on Bananas and Blow was something that I noted. Right. Gene like opens. It's funny because he's he uh, in- introduces the song. He's like, "We're gonna bring a tropical feel," and then it totally <laughs> does. Like that intro totally does, and like they don't do that intro yeah. all the time. Yeah, and real quick, you know, we talked about this on a couple of our other uh, episodes. You know, because we talked about two shows from this year. You know, one at the beginning of this tour, like we mentioned from Toronto, and then the January first ninety nine show. But here we are again. It's the end of you know, the Paint in the Town Brown tour, and we're hearing some White Pepper songs, and you have to remember, like, White Pepper isn't out yet, you know? Yeah, totally. So, the, the you know, and by this time, they had been playing these songs pretty much like that whole year of 99, so we might have been starting to get to know them a little bit. Anything that they had played from uh, the January 1st show, at least, you know, like, yeah. I, I, I know that we had, like, gone back and listened to those you know, those songs and, and, and whatnot. But, you know, you're mentioning Bananas and Blow. It's like, okay, so it's not really finished yet. You know, it hasn't yeah, been totally. finalized yet. Still like a new song. Yeah. And there's a couple more that we'll talk about. Even If You Don't was in there and The Grobe. Yes, The Grobe, which was uh, one of the f- earlier times that that was played, which was cool. Uh, the awesome sound is one of the um, the rarities on this show. Totally, it was like it was, and it, when that came on, and it was a jam, and and I probably wasn't super familiar with it at the time because this is still back in the day, and so I might not have. I, I I can imagine myself not picking up on it, but then 
shit just got brown, you know? Like, when Awesome Sound comes out, the shit gets brown. Yeah. And, and it was actually, like, kind of funkadelic. Like, it was interesting. Like, and that's another thing is I, I don't know how many times I've heard Awesome Sound live. I'm not sure if it's played that way in other times, but it was cool. Like, it was a good, good rendition uh, for sure. Yeah, totally awesome. And that's, I would say that's pretty rare. You know, yes. I, I may have heard that, you know, one or two more times after this, two or three times. That was probably it. Yeah, it was played about 103 times total. So Right. That's pretty low in the count overall. Yeah. And then another one, uh, Homer Rainbow, is notable because that's pretty rare. Mm-hmm. Jeter was joking that um, the, uh, you know, it's a very special, special, this next song is a very special song, very special song to us. And as they're like getting it started, he like speaks to the crowd. He's like, this is for you. Or he was looking back at Claude. I don't know. Because then afterward, he mentions that it's for Claude for his birthday. And, and he's sort of joking <laughs> about, is it midnight yet? Yeah. I, I always love hearing Baby Bitch for some reason. And I noticed that the intro is always a little different. It's a really short intro, but it was cool because Glenn just like tickles the keys a little bit. And there's just this little bit of guitar. And so it's like a really, you know, for me, it's just a quick highlight, I guess. Right. And, uh, yeah. And so you already mentioned Reverend Beale comes out. So he, he plays from Stroker Ace, uh, You Fucked Up in LMYP. And LMYP, this is another one of those classic, like, it's 22 minutes long. Uh, there's great solos, through, like, at the end, you know, like all the different solos they do. Glenn's solo is awesome. Like, I love Glenn. Glenn is awesome. That instrumental stuff is fantastic. And he's spot on. I mean, these, Ween is rocking and rolling at this point you know, in the ni- 1999, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. This is a great rendition of LMLYP. It's not quite as long as the New Year's show that we saw. I, I, when, I was, when I was listening, re-listening to the show, it clocks in at about 22 minutes. And yes. the other thing is, you know, this is the last song before the encore. So, like, this is still, like, part of, like, the regular, you know, set. Yeah, this is totally. still part of, like, the regular night. Whereas, like, you know, we went to see the, the, the New Year's show, and that was, like, the encore. That was, like, the, the last thing that happened. So, they've moved it up so it's just, like, the end of the regular set. And it's still 22 minutes. Yeah, and and it's cool because Reverend Beale, I, I definitely, the intro seems a little different. And you can, I think, I'm listening to it, not seeing the record um, the show, but um, thinking that, that you can hear uh, Beale's guitar kind of kind of wailing away a little bit there, which is cool, gives it a slightly different flavor. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was a great way to end the the regular set. And then you have your you know standard like I think they step off stage for a couple minutes and then come back for the encore. The Blarney Stone is notable because this is like a really I mean it's a ribald song to begin with like <laughs> they get kind of raunchy, but there's that part where they just start talking about all his ailments. And they, that's usually like part of the live show. And I just remember one of the ones he's like, there's tumors on my sack. <laughs> yeah. And, and before he starts, uh, before he starts talking about all the ailments, he's like, uh, he's like, Kirk, let me get some of that, man. Like Kirk, do you hear me, man? And then they give him like all the echo and it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's great. No, just it's all fantastic. like distorted. So, yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's one of those songs where like, if I had to be honest, it would be low ranked in terms of my total echelon of ween songs no offense but like but like when it's played live and it's this ridiculous and they're just like doing this i mean it's a lot of fun and so that's you know so they're coming back for the encore and doing blarney stone 
And then, you know, they start talking about, oh, the birthday boy is something he'd like to do, you know, because it's Claude's birthday or it's almost his birthday at this point. I don't know exactly what time it is. And then there, I guess he's got to be off stage. So bathroom break or something. So they're like, oh, we'll do a quick bueno before the birthday boy uh, gets back out or whatever. And so then they play Buenos Stars Amigo. Yeah, I think he's like, Junior's like, okay, well, let's do a quick uh, bueno. We got to make this like, we got to make this like 11 minutes because they're like, yeah. oh, it's, it's like 11, like 50 or whatever. You know, okay, so what can we do for 11 minutes? You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. Program. You're right. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. No, and, so, you know, yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense now because it ends up being I, about 12 love, minutes long. Yeah, I love how I love how Junior's like, we'll do a quick bueno. And it's like, because we got 11 minutes. <laughs> oh, that's real quick. You know, like that's perfect length. It winds up being like the perfect length, actually. But <laughs> yeah, no, and, and it's they're like bland jamming it out and like you know it's loud and it's not like a quiet version of the song at all and they're definitely just like making it go a little longer a little bit longer yeah to get it in you can you can tell if you if you listen back to it it's like it's like the regular like pacing and everything and then diener just starts like into like a guitar like solo of just all right i'll just make some shit up (laughs) you know like let's just let's just jam it out and it's just diener just starts it just like tearing it up on guitar with just random you know shit yeah no it's great but yeah it's a it's a very cool it's a very cool rendition of uh buenos tardes yeah and, and right at the end Giner's like you know they're like doing the little jam at the end before he's like we'll see each other again you know like yeah. and he's about to do that part and he has like a line where he's like talking to the crowd he just is like brothers and sisters <laughs> <laughs> something to that you know like that's what he says i don't know if i'm getting the uh the tone right yeah <laughs> but but he sort of just is like brothers and sisters we'll see each other again which is yeah which is fun you know and so they're yeah so they're having fun and that's what's uh, one of the memorable things about the show because um, it's Claude's birthday and so then they sing happy birthday which is cool and then of course Claude if if people aren't familiar one of the Claude songs it's almost like you know it's gonna be it's like hot for teacher and so they play hot for teacher which is a pretty rare song in the grand scheme of things although this was sort of like the hot for teacher like era. Yeah. Like from like 98 or so to like the early 2000s, like it was played pretty commonly. So like it was definitely not the first time we heard it or anything, but it's always a classic like Claude song. So. Yeah. And it's still pretty. Yeah. It's it, it's pretty low on the total times played list on, on, on Brown Bass. But yeah, they they were doing that a lot in this like era of the of the shows. Totally. Yeah. And we also had a question. So apparently like Giner is like, this is out going out to, you know, Jay Sanchez, our roadie and Jay Sanchez, our roadie is going to play in on the song on guitar. Um, on Brown bass, it says it's Jay Fernandez. So I'm not sure, you know, who that is. If someone knows that person can give a shout out. Like, so I'm wondering if it's Jay Sanchez or if it's Jay Fernandez, or maybe it's Jay Sanchez Fernandez. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's Sanchez Fernandez, but he goes by Jay. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I just w- was wondering if anyone might know. I'm hoping that it's that his real name is Jay Fernandez, but they just call him Jay Sanchez just because it sounds so much better. You know, I just <laughs> love Sanchez. Just sounds great to me. Yeah. I mean, I, anyway, so if anyone out there in the um, web web universe can clue us in, that'd be great. Whoever he was, he must have had a great voice because you can hear him come on. And like introduce himself and just say like happy birthday to Claude and like oh yeah Claude is the man and it's just like this real gruff sound and like yeah what's going on 
Like he just has this real. He's got a great roadie voice. Yeah, he's right. He sounds like a roadie. Exactly. That's a good. <laughs> so whoever he is, he's the man, and he sounds awesome. Yeah. So. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, man. Um, that's the show, and as I mentioned, it clocks in at like three o two. So that's a pretty good length, even though that also includes, you know, some downtime and there's the banter, which slows the songs down, but it's still part of the evening in a way. So it's a great length for a show and a lot of great songs, you know, like in terms of like great, great uh, performances, uh, renditions of songs. Absolutely. The one thing that I noticed, I was you know looking at Brown Bass and, you know, so I, I thought it was a great show and there's all this banter and it's like this exciting night in Philadelphia, last uh show of the tour, et cetera, Claude's birthday, et cetera. So it's, it, it's interesting because it ends up being, you know, listening back, it's like, wow, this is a good show. But when you look at the numbers, this is, ends up being almost like, um, for lack of a better word, like a quote unquote, like regular ween show. Like at this point in the tour, most of the songs that they're playing are like being played almost every night. And so it's almost like, you know, if you had seen them, you know, like four nights in a row, like leading up to Philadelphia, all the shows would have been pretty similar. Yeah. You know, and so it's interesting because they were doing that and I get it. It's a natural thing. They toured for six weeks straight, basically like 30 shows or whatever that starts happening. You know, I think it's inevitable sometimes, but but it's interesting that nevertheless, this show still ends up being like quite memorable and uh, and solid. You know, it, it is a bummer. There weren't a lot of like real rarities. Like we mentioned, um, I think Hot for Teacher is the rarest jam uh, song. It's 65 times. Homo Rainbow comes in at 100 times played, which is pretty rare. And then we also mentioned Awesome Sound. So like nothing like super rare. You know, like we had uh, the last podcast we did was the Pittsburgh show recently. And there were songs that were like, you know, in like the single or double digits as far as times played. And then right. also, like, you know, when we talk about the Toronto show we were at, there was, like, you know, North Pappy Flappy and stuff, you know? And so, <laughs> like, that, that craziness. And yet, so so in that regard, there wasn't a lot of rare stuff, but there was still some. You know, the one thing that I'll say about, the one thing I'll say about that is, you know, they also might have been thinking, okay, it's Philly, it's the last night of the of the tour. We don't want to throw in anything that's going to be too obscure or something that they might not like have together as well. You know what I yeah, mean? That, I like, let's put sense, on a good for sure. show for let's let's put on a good show for Philly. It's the first time we're at the Electric Factory. You know, something like that. You know, whereas like you know, you, you mentioned the Toronto show, North Pappy Flappy, and that whole like Kareem Abdul Jabbar jam that they did before <laughs> LMLIP. It's like you know they're just fucking around, and it's like they're not in. They're not in their hometown. They're in fucking Toronto, Canada. It's just a random night. It's just a random fucking it's just show. A brown Let's get show fucking, in Toronto. Yeah. Let's know? just get fucking early weird in the tour with it. though. Early in the tour. Early in the tour, right. Let's just get fucking weird with it, you know. Whereas like this night, you know, not saying anything bad about it, but it, it it's like, let's play all the shit that we have like together. You know, so yeah. maybe that might have been like the mentality, you know. Not a complaint, really, but I, I agree with what you're saying. It's like there isn't really yeah. anything that gets too, too outrageous. By this time, LMLIP even is kind of like, okay, you do a solo, you do a solo, you do a solo, you do a solo, and then we'll wrap it up. Like everybody gets to do like their solo. and then So they even have that sort of down, you know, not yeah. that it doesn't rock. I mean, it's fucking awesome, but it's, it's not so much yeah. of that just real, you know, hey, let's just do whatever kind of thing, you know. So, so some of the I, go ahead. 
Oh, I was going to say Awesome Sound was a great jam. Awesome um, Sound, yeah, rare. totally. And, but yeah, so, you know, the most of the songs at this show were from Chocolate and Cheese and The Mollusk. Uh, and then they also had a four from White Pepper. So it was a lot of songs from that, like, most recent era, right? Like, the era of the, the five-piece band, you know, right? So So that's what you got at this show. And I was looking and... There's a short list of songs that weren't really being played every night that were at this show. It was Stroker Ace. Wasn't like just every night during this tour. Nan wasn't. Booze Me Up and Get Me High wasn't really. And then Awesome Sound. Everything else was basically like kind of recurring during the show. Yeah. Like we had mentioned before, you know, you got some new songs, you know, new songs at the time. Even if you don't, I'm pretty sure that yeah. was the first time we had heard that. Yeah, I think, I think so. we had heard The Grobe. The Grobe. Yeah, I think we might have heard that before at the New Year's uh, show and at the, uh, the, the the Toronto show, but I think it was the first time that we had heard, even if you don't. And then uh, we had mentioned Bananas and Blow, you know, there again. So this may have been... But that was on heavy rotation for this for this tour. Right, right, right. That was, you know, but it was still great, a great early rendition. Yeah, it's still it's still early, so it's like yeah, that winds up being like one of like the favorites, and they play all the time. But at the, you know at this point, there's still new songs, you know, yeah. that haven't come out yet. So that's cool, you know. Throw some new shit in there, you know what I mean? So a lot of the people that had just seen them for this show, and that was the only shows that they made it to for that year, those would have been you know brand brand new to them. So that's cool. Yeah, totally. But yeah, I, 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 you know, but I, I say, you know, overall, dude, I, it was a great show, great show. Um, and it's fun. It, it's kind of hilarious listening back because man, my memory is not nearly as good as reality. Yeah. Picking up on some of those finer details, you know, like yeah. I totally didn't catch that shit back then. Well, like we had mentioned at the beginning of the, of the podcast, you know, this is one of those shows that gets kind of like jumbled in, you know, the memory and going back. And it's like, oh, those electric factory shows. But going back and listen, listening to it again and listening to the whole thing, it's like, it is a great show. And, yeah. you know, maybe not too many of like the rarities, but definitely everything is well put together for for this show. And a great, a great listen if you're just looking for a whole show. Good quality uh, bootleg too. Yeah. I want to thank the YouTuber. You can go on YouTube and listen to this now. And that's Boognish Bockwinkle, who we'd given a shout out to him a couple of times before. If you want to listen to just the whole show in one chunk, just YouTube it. You know what I mean? Sounds great. No complaints. You know what I mean? Great audio for a bootleg. Yeah, it's a great it's a great recording. I, I enthusiastically would say this would be a recording you could share with anyone. You know, like say, hey, you want to hear a Ween live show? And you could lay this down, and I think it would be a pretty damn good entree for them to get into ween yeah to your point about it jumbles together so like we went to see the electric factory again the next year and we're also in the middle of us going to see him like four times a year like year after year kind of at this point like so we're racking we're starting to rack up a, a good amount of shows and so it's totally natural for someone to lead together and and when they're at the same venue that's like tough i and i remember that the second Lecture Factory show. I was 21 by then. You, I don't, I guess you were 21 too by then as well. I, I may have been, but I don't know. I don't remember. But like, I have a bad memory because I was a show, first show that I was at and 21, I think. So like, I was totally like drinking too much, but like, so anyway, it's kind of <laughs> like the Electric Factory show is just kind of, kind of blended together. And so it's nice to, but that's why it's nice to have such awesome, you know, audio to listen to on YouTube. Thank you, uh, Boomish Bachwinkle. 
Yeah, totally. Because you get to go back and, and listen to it and be like, wow, like I had forgotten a lot of that stuff. And like now it doesn't blend in together because, you know, the show has a lot to commend itself on its own. Yeah, absolutely. It, so get out there and listen to it, guys. Get out and listen to it. Yeah, it would, like you're saying, it would be a great show to, to, to turn someone on to wean with. And especially if you have someone who is just like a rock guy and sort of like the more like softer side of ween might like turn somebody off. This is a good example of a show where it's like, there's not that many like, you know, quote unquote slow songs. If I That's true, you know, you're right. say so it's a, it's a very like rocking show without sort of like that, like softer edge, you know what I mean? So that's kind of yeah. cool. You know what I mean? Like they just want to have everything as like a rocking uh, tune for this night, but we'll sort of wrap it up. So we do go to one more show in 99, which will be our next episode. Yes. They play, this was the last show of the Paint the Town Brown tour, like we had mentioned. They played some shows in the fall of 99 um, as the just what's called the fall tour. Started on Halloween, or I believe. Yeah, right before, before Halloween. Yeah. Right before Halloween, the, the, the night of Halloween, and then about six or seven shows after that in November. And that would be the end of, of the shows for the, for the year. So we won't tell anyone right now which show that we saw. You're going to have to tune in for the next episode for that. But that will be our next. You have to tune back in. You can guess which yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one do we go to? <laughs> so that'll be the next episode. And yeah, we want to thank anyone who's, uh, who's listening to this. Um, as we mentioned in the beginning of the show, check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube archive.org hit us up our email is everything's weencast podcast so it's uh weencast podcast at gmail or on twitter it's at weencast podcast please you know anything that you have to say if you were at this show we'd love to hear about it you know your comments your 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 questions anything anybody might have we we'd love to get anything so hit us up yeah yeah if you guys yeah if you have something if you've been to that show uh chime in by all means guys I'd uh, love, love to hear from you guys, and if you can add to what we uh, we said, that's awesome. Expand my horizons, man. <laughs> okay. But yeah, and thank you. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, everybody, thank you so much for, for, for checking this out. And, uh, you know, we had mentioned before, go back and listen to some of the previous episodes if, if this is the first one that you're you're listening to. Anybody has any comments or anything, hey, hit us up. Yeah, man, that sounds about right. Great show. Okay. Good night. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody. All right. Later. We out.